Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So many, so many prayer requests. So many needs in our world, in our families, and friends, neighbors, all around us. And, um, and the worship brings the presence of God near. Maybe it's always near, and it just makes us aware of his presence well, whatever it is it's good to be on a Wednesday night in the presence of God with God's people amen amen now I don't know do, the, do I need to dismiss anybody no is everybody staying lock the doors I'm kidding I'm kidding so um, I'm gonna we're gonna sing a little chorus here in a moment if you would get your Bibles and turn uh, to the book of Hebrews, if you have your Bibles, or maybe they'll put it on the screen for us here. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I want to say uh, a thank you. I know Pastor uh, is not here. He told me uh, that, you know, he is, uh, he loves this church. He loves um what God is doing here and uh, he misses y'all but I sent him away so I could teach not really he, he gave me the opportunity tonight and I'm honored to be here I never take it for granted being his father it doesn't pull any strings um, now being the bishop maybe but I'm really honored to be here and have the opportunity to teach tonight um, so um if you'll read some scripture with us, we'll get started, all right? But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. And then to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. Verse 28 is a popular verse. Maybe even folks here today who could quote that verse. But it's good to note that it's connected to verse 29 as well. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And I'm going to 
do my best to kind of teach, preach, hello, hopefully help us tonight on this thought, to be like Jesus. That's a real simple thought, to be like Jesus, but that's why we're here, right? To be like Jesus. So, mm, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus on earth I long to be like Him all through life's journey from earth to glory. To be like Him. We'll get through it. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like journey from earth to glory I only ask to be like him no see that's an old song that's what I do I sing old songs but the chorus and the words the lyrics of it are meaningful. Hopefully it's more than a song tonight. Hopefully it's a prayer that reaches from our deepest being. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to, so if, if that's your desire, I'd like you to raise your hand. Whatever your struggle at, wherever you're at, whatever you're dealing with in life, if I can just be like Jesus with what I'm going through, Everything will be all right. If I can be like Jesus, everything's going to be all right. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone that's here tonight that, Lord, your heart will be felt as the word goes forth. And, Lord, the areas of our life that need to be molded and changed by the power of the Holy Ghost that will be present in this room as we express our desire to be more like you, to be more like you, that I can lay aside this garment of flesh and take on the power of the Spirit that I might become more like you, Jesus, more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You could, you could be seated. So I know there's some scriptures they will as I go through this if they'll bring them on the screen when I mention them I want to talk tonight I pray that the Holy Ghost will help us I there's some things I want to mention uh, a couple weeks ago we had a service where I talked about uh, um, and and took an offering 
And uh, we, I talked about the Shunammite woman, and uh, people responded. There was a great number of pledges and offering that came that night. And then I went to um, a couple of other churches, and I, um, I preached that same message. And um, like one small church, and they raised $13,000. And uh, the individual testimonies have been really amazing. One young lady was in that service and um, she was, uh, she had money saved. She's going to go to, uh, she's in law school. And uh, while she was there, the Lord spoke to her to give that money to, into that offering. And so she gave the money in the offering. And two days later, she got notice from the college. They're giving her a full ride scholarship. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just tell you. You cannot outgive God. And, and another church, the, actually the D.C. church, um, I, I kind of did the same thing there. And uh, I believe it was a little over, I don't know, $14,000, $15,000 that was uh, given. And there were similar testimonies. One little lady, Filipino lady, she, um, she had given, I think it was uh, $200 and... Uh, the next day, she received $2,000. Um, and um, there were just a whole list of testimonies like that. And I want to encourage you because there are a number of people that have pledged and have given here. And I want to encourage you in that to have faith in God. It may not come at the time you expected, but God always keeps his word. And you cannot outgive God. And I want to, I said all that for this purpose. There's a key to revival, to harvest. If you give, you shall. Yeah, yeah, now you got it. If you ask, is that right? Yeah, that's his word, right? You cannot outgive God. And I'm going to add something in there. Sometimes God will ask you to give more than you think you can really give, but you got to trust his voice. And that's why that night we prayed in every one of these places. I don't want you to give until we pray. Because sometimes we just give out of what we think, out of our knowledge. And we need to pray and let God talk to us because God wants to expand your ability to receive. And the, when you respond to his voice and give more than maybe you thought necessary, you're just expanding your ability to receive from God. Now, I'm not like big on the money thing, but I'm just telling you, 24 is going to be the opportunity for the church to have the greatest harvest it's ever had. And, and some of the signs that we see are happening were mentioned. People are dying. People are dying from drug overdoses. People are shooting people in, in, uh, like crazy. All The world has lost its mind but I want you to know there's a God. There's a God. He still sits on the throne. And the church, our faith is not in men. It's not in our abilities. Our faith is in God. And sometimes God is looking for your response to his voice. So I'm going to pray again because somebody here, and I'm not going to take another offering. It's going to be up to you. God's got to speak to you. 
God may want you just a sudden to, to throw your hands in the air and shout hallelujah. God may want you to clap your hands. God may want you to start speaking in tongues when you've never spoke with tongues before. And it can happen right in the middle of this service. So now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to let your Holy Spirit rest upon this body. I ask that you would prepare us for the harvest that is to come, that we would be confident in the voice of God to speak to us and respond according to what you say to us. I ask it in Jesus' name that each one of us will be ready for the harvest that God is desiring to bring in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I mean, there's so many things that probably need to be said because sometimes we think that revival is like the church, and it is, but it's more personal than that. It's you. It's you. God wants to have revival in your life. That means he wants to awaken you spiritually, This walk is not a Sunday-to-Sunday thing. This walk is a daily, hello, minute-by-minute walk with God. And somehow, across the land, at least across America, many churches think it's only a Sunday thing. And they come to church, and they sing, and they dance, they shout, but they go home on Monday, and uh, they forget, so to speak, I guess, about God. But I promise you, God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. He heard your prayer. You prayed at the altar. He heard your vow. He heard your commitment. Hello? Yes, yes, yes. And he wants to give you personal revival. He wants you to have a spiritual awakening in your life, in your home, in your family. It's the will of God. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance is a turning away from selfish ideas, selfish ways, and a turning to God. God, I want to walk in your ways. I want to do what you asked me to do. I want to please you, God. I don't want to please my flesh. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I think we're ready for some teaching. I, uh, I start with a little story when some years ago, actually, when we were starting the church in Lexington Park, we had uh, been in a house, a uh, little three-bedroom house out on uh, Janet Lane, which is out by the what used to be the back gate of the base. And um, we had Bible studies in the living room. I taught uh, and um, that's actually where we first met Sister Lawrence, uh, was out in that little house out on Janet Lane. And uh, my wife would teach children. I'd take the van and go to the uh, mobile parks, mobile home parks, and pick up all the kids I get in my van and take them back to the house. And my wife would have Bible studies with the kids or Sunday school with the kids in the garage. And we grew, and then we moved to a home over behind Burger King um, in Essex. And uh, that first house there, and we had uh, um, in the basement, we set up about 70 chairs and a baptismal tank. I kind of think we put the baptismal tank at one point out on the back patio. That's where Emmett Barnes was baptized and um, 
a number of people were baptized in that baptistry while we were there in that home. And one, my, one weekend, my uh, brother-in-law and sister had come to visit, and we were sit, sitting in the uh, a dining room at the table, and we were just talking about some spiritual things and talking about the work of God, and uh, they were talking about the struggle and the... Um, and somehow they got on the subject of suffering, suffering. And they were talking about the pain and the suffering that comes in the labor of the kingdom. And my youngest son, Jared, was sitting at the table, and he jumped off of that chair he was sitting on. He's about three or four years old. And he looked at us and said, Nuh-uh, none of that suffering stuff for me. And... This past week, my wife and I were visiting with them, went to their home, stayed in their home, and things that we witnessed and saw, and of course, not only there, but knowing uh, their past and where they've been, and I saw, I saw a lot of suffering. I saw a lot of suffering, a lot of mental and emotional suffering, suffering, and uh, they have uh, a little girl. They love that little girl. She's about, how old is she? almost 13, and she is disabled. She has a, um, uh, a disease. And, um, but I watched as my son, he told me, he takes her to work with him every day, and um, everything he does is centered kind of around that little girl's life. Now, trust, I have a reason for what I'm telling you. Um, sometimes uh, uh, in just in, we think of, of like here, is the place that we're going to become like Jesus. Here, right here. And please, don't misunderstand me. This can help us, but this is really, on the most part, this is not the place that you're going to become like Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm all for church, and I believe it's a place where we encouraged and the presence of God touches us, but I want to say it's in everyday life. It's when you walk out of these doors tonight, and you face whatever you face, whether it's sickness or sorrow or pain or troubles or troubles or troubles, tribulations, it's, those are the things that you may not realize it, but they are making you. They are molding you. They are preparing you. We say, we want revival, and we prayed it here at the altar. I want revival. I want revival in my life. And so God says, then I have to begin to mold you. And uh, so like the writer Jeremiah said, he puts us up on the potter's wheel and he begins to uh, mold us. It's tough. It's not easy. It's hard. And many times I want to get off of that wheel and I don't want the pressure that comes with being on the potter's wheel and I don't want to have to go through this trial. I don't want another trial. I don't want any more trouble. I don't want any more struggle. But you said you wanted to be like Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. What a shock it must have been to the disciples when Jesus revealed God's plan that he was soon to be killed at the hands of the chief priest in Jerusalem. It says he was to suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, Matthew 16, 23. He was going to suffer many things, not just from the world, but from 
the elders and the chief priests, religious people, were going to bring much suffering to Jesus and the scribes, and then ultimately they would kill him. Peter's undeveloped theology, he couldn't comprehend a suffering Messiah, just like I believe much of our world today cannot comprehend the, pro- the, the, the fulfillment of a promise comes through the suffering Messiah. And, and as we become more like him, it's going to mean that we too will go through suffering in order to become more like him. Yes, yes. No, we today here, um, you know, we think of it this way because we, much of our world has been taught about Uh, The love of God, and trust me, I believe in the love of God, but the love of God may not be what everyone in the world has thought it to be. Uh, Maybe they have thought it means no more troubles, no more tribulations, no more trials, no more struggles, no more pain, no more suffering. I don't want any more suffering. I sat in the car with my son and listened to him and wept as he told me, my wife and I may never have a normal life. We may not be able to do things that other couples are able to do, but we love our little girl. We love our little girl. Even with all of her struggles, we love our little girl. I say to the church, we must love the world, even though it's like that little girl. Even so, they are, they bring us troubles, they bring us suffering, they bring us pain. But if we're going to be more like Jesus, then we must be willing to go through the struggles. Not, not only that, not just tolerate them, not just tolerate them, but accept them as the will of God. This is the will of God. Uh, I like that verse in Romans 8.28. I quote it most every night before I go to sleep. In my mind, I quote it. Uh, yes, and, 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 and then though you can't stop there, you got to go to verse 29. And verse 29 talks about things that are predestined. Predestined. Sometimes if we're not careful, we give people the false illusion that if they will just come here and come to God, they will have no more troubles. They will have no more trials, no more struggles, no more pain. There will be nothing that they will be accountable for that God's not expecting more from you. Look, I'm not the preacher anymore, uh, the pastor here anymore, so you don't have to love me. You don't have to like me, but I'm telling you, you must expect more of yourself today than you have in the past. You must give more. Somebody said, That's it. I've done enough. No, you ain't done enough. Are you still here? Are you still breathing? Are you still alive? Then more is still required of you. I thought of this. Christmas, Christmas, what a great season Christmas is, right? This is no trick. Y'all look at me like, well, I don't want to say yes. He might be. No, no, this is no trick. I'm telling you. Uh, But don't you wonder, what is it that brings the joy of Christmas? Isn't that what it says? Joy to the world, right? Well, this was when he was a baby. Joy to the world. The Lord has come, right? But he's a baby right now. Uh, We get down the road a ways, all of a sudden he ain't a baby no more. And uh, the Christian world, or the church world, the religious world, They don't like him anymore because he's not the baby anymore. 
They don't like him anymore because he threatens their way of living. He threatens their commitment level. He threatens the things that they accept as normal life. He's going to change them if they will allow him. He's going to cause them to be willing to lay down their very lives for the cause of the gospel. Yes, it's going to be a great challenge. And uh, I just say, you know what it is that brought the joy, though? It wasn't the getting. It wasn't the getting. It's the giving. It's the giving that brings the joy. And sometimes when we come to church, we're looking for what am I going to get? What are they going to give me now? You know what? I don't have a lot to, as far as in this world. I'm not here to give you money. I'm not here to promise you a pain-free life or no suffering or no sorrow. I can't promise you any of those things. I can tell you that God is calling upon your heart, your spirit, to give more, to reach deep down inside of you and be willing to give your life, be willing to give your all, be willing to reach deep inside and, and pledge yourself to the call of the gospel. I will give it all. I will give myself away. So uh, Peter could not comprehend a suffering Messiah, and I say that probably most, many people, even in church, cannot comprehend a suffering Messiah. They have a Jesus in their mind who was uh, handsome and had his life together and smart and so kind, so gentle, and um, they can't comprehend that he would come for one purpose, to go to a cross where he would be beaten beyond recognition, stripped, humiliated as he hung upon a cross between two thieves, beaten with many stripes, blood running down his face. One writer I read said that when it came to the end of that day, all there was was a body that was covered in blood, just the blood. Of, of this man that we know was our Messiah. He suffered so much. And he told them on this day, his disciples, this is what's going to happen to me. And Simon Peter, who could not grasp that, he spoke words of rebuke to Jesus. No, 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 he said, no, no, I'm not going to let that happen to you. And the adverse mindset that Peter seemed to be had seemed to be a, a reaction that was rooted in human reasoning. Human reasoning. It's kind of like when the offering is taken and an appeal is made to you to give. Do you give out a human reasoning? Oh, most likely we do. But in reality, God is calling upon you. You never know. This may be your last time. This could be the last opportunity you have to empty out your wallet and give to God and give to the church and give to the... You don't know. You don't know. It might be your last time to raise your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. You know have no comprehension of how much time you have left. Yes. Yes, Simon Peter, out of human reasoning, he rebuked the Lord. Lord, no way. I'm not going to let that happen to you. I'm tough. I got my sword right here. I'm not going to let that happen. 
And, and it was not, this is important, it was human reasoning, not spiritual revelation. And I'm telling you, like, I know it's gotten real quiet in here, real like, hello. I guess I wasn't expecting everybody to go hallelujah. But, um, but uh, spiritual revelation will help you. It's like when you read through the book of Acts, there was a time when the people responded and they gave their all. They gave houses and lands. They gave all. I, I'm really not just on an offering tonight. I'm telling you, the greatest harvest is about to come. And in order for us to be ready, we have to respond to the call of God to give our all. We have to be able to be prepared because when they come, they're going to be broken. When they come, they're going to have problems. They're going to have, hello, purple hair and hello, and body piercings and Hello? The marks of the world are going to be upon them. And your capacity to love will be the measure of the capacity of Jesus in you. Jesus in you will give you the ability to love the lost. So, so Jesus then in turn he rebuked Peter, and he referred to Peter as Satan. Satan. Peter's adversarial attitude toward the plan of God was in reality against Christ, for it was rooted in self-interest and humanistic thinking. It's actually quite clear that this is the first time that we see the ugly head of the Antichrist spirit raised where he said, no, you're not going to go to the cross. But inside, Jesus knew, I must go to the cross so Corey and Sherry can be saved. I must go to the cross. I must die for the sins of the world in order for Angelina, hello, and Lavetta to be saved. And it's also clear that the devil... He wanted Jesus to go to Jerusalem and be crucified. And listen, he put it into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. Give me John 13, 2. This is what he says. John, he said, and supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Satan entered into him. Self-centeredness somewhere has its root in the work of Satan, even in our lives. Right. I know this is not like easy joy shouting service, but I'm telling you, we must be ready for the harvest that is soon to come. The buildings will not be big enough to hold, will not be big enough to hold the people that are coming they're going to come, but they're not going to be wrapped in some pretty package. They're going to come with brokenness. They're going to be thieves. They're going to be liars and cheats. And, and they have destroyed their lives with the things of this world. But they're going to come because they have nowhere else to turn to. And the church. See the verses that I read earlier. The church has to be prepared by the hand of God. Do you understand this, my brother and sister? 
that you becoming more like Jesus is not your pretty little work. It's the work of God in your life. It's God molding you. It's God putting you on the wheel and putting a trial into your life. And you are now requested, will you praise him now in spite of your tribulation, in spite of your trial? Oh, I wish I could really preach. I wish I could speak with such oratory that it would be clear to you that God is going to have a church at the end time. He is going to, without me or without you, he's still going to have a church. Someone is going to say, I want to be like Jesus. Yes, verse 27, chapter 3, verse, here it is. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. This is Judas Iscariot. Satan entered into him. Oh, how could someone betray Jesus? How could someone who walked three and a half years with him and saw the wonderful things that he did, how is it possible that they could betray him, turn on him, and sell him for 30 pieces of silver how is that possible, Judas? Judas, you were there. You saw when he raised that little girl from the dead. You were there when he stopped that funeral procession and raised that young man from the dead. Judas, how could you do this? How could you betray him? I'll tell you how. Because Satan entered into him. And Satan had this will. And that will was to destroy Jesus So, this suggestion that Peter gave seems to have been, and this is it, the first time the spirit of Antichrist, here it is, this is it, this is the voice of Antichrist. No wonder, I think it was later on in the scripture, in the epistles, that it says that the Antichrist is already here. He's already at work. That was in the early church, he's already at work, and here we have arrived at a time now, some 2,000 years later, and my we see the spirit of Antichrist so vividly, so, so bold, so brazen, oh, so treacherous at work in our world. And, uh, and you see, this, the word Satan can simply mean adversary. In other words, Satan is working to cause people to become the adversary of the will of God in their life. Not, not just against the church. God has great dreams for you, Corey. God has these great plans for you. His desire is to bless you. And there are some of you here that God, all of you here, that God has called you. He's asking you to lay down your life, to give your all. And yet sometimes residing within you is a stingy spirit, a selfish spirit, which is the adversary of the greatness of Jesus in your life. Oh, 
You know, it's like now when I feel his presence, like I want to stop preaching and say, no, we must pray. We must pray. We must pray, God, help me to bring my selfishness, my self-centeredness to the altar and die. Die, die. I must deny myself. We know that. We've heard that before. This is not some new message. And sometimes... Now, as these years have gone by, and I've had many opportunities to look across many crowds, I have seen way too often people who just, I don't know, they just block it out. It's not for them. It's not for them. No, it's not for them. God's not talking to them. They gave their dime. They don't owe anymore. They paid their time. They've done their deal. They paid their dues. God's not expecting any more from them. I can only tell you this. God can only give to you the measure of your generosity. He can only use you according to your willingness to give to him your all. And he will call. He will convict you service after service. You think this is over? It's only over. Hello. When Jesus takes us out of here. Until then, service after service, he's going to cry unto you and say, would you give more so we can save the lost? Would you say, give more so I can give you a greater capacity to love a lost world? Um, the anti-suffering argument that Peter expressed surfaced again when Jesus was hanging on the cross. The soldiers mockingly said, Save thyself if thou be the Son of God. Come down from the cross, and then we'll believe him. Matthew 27, verses 39 and 40. Yes. We, okay, maybe not. Um, yet it was God's will that he suffer and die to save the human race and be an example of the blessing of human suffering. Human suffering. It's like uh, there have been times in my life, been many times, where I've had to come back to God and repent because I was crying over my suffering. Oh, Jesus, poor me. They have let me down. They have done me wrong. Somebody done me wrong. I've been treated so bad, but uh, the truth is, it is our, the call of God upon our lives to lay it all down so that, hello, the church will be ready, that you will be ready when they come. If your fists are tied up like this because you're holding on to what you have, you will not be ready when the harvest comes. You'll just be so filled with self that you won't be ready for the harvest when it comes. It was God's will that he suffer and die to save the human race. And I tell you, it's still now his church. I know they got a different church out there in our world today, but there is still a church of Jesus Christ. That means he owns this church. He said, upon this rock, I will, I will build my church. I will build my church. Yes, I, that's what he said. I will build my church. My good brother, my good sister, I love you, but I'm telling you, God is going to have to put you on the wheel. 
the potter's wheel and begin to mold you. And he's got to bring out of you a thankfulness. God, I'm so thankful that you're still working on me. I know it's all these years, but God, I'm so glad that you've not given up working on me. Paul identified a similar attitude among believers when he referred to certain people who were, he said, the enemies of the cross of Christ and who minded earthly things. Notice Paul's choice of words was carefully chosen to ensure that they were not openly spoken against Christ, only the suffering, only the suffering. Uh, Humanly speaking, they seemed to be for Christ, but we're against the cross of Christ of anyone who's against the cross because it is an important message that Christ came to give that message is clear. Matthew 16, 24, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is the words of Jesus that If you're going to follow me, if you're going to become like him, if you're going to become like Jesus, you must deny yourself and take up his cross. You're not going to have a cheering section as you begin to deny yourself. You're going to have people that will tell you, what are you, crazy? You're going down to that church and they're telling you to give your life away. And that's exactly right. Jesus has not changed his message, nor will he change his message. It's when we lay down our lives, we give our all to the call of God that we will see the harvest break forth like the Gentiles, he said, are going to see the multitudes come. Yes, 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 yes. The Christian movement fares much better when its members not only suffer, but rejoice in their suffering. Um, Acts 16, what a great chapter. Paul and Silas beaten, put in prison, and then they start singing praises unto God and their praise that's been born out of suffering that's come in the midst of their pain. Oh, my, they've been beaten, stripes, and there they are singing praises to God. And the scripture said that the doors of the prison opened and the Philippian jailer and all of his house were saved that day because these were this 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 these men instead of complaining my back is hurting me or complaining it's raining outside or complaining I'm hello I'm not trying to be mean I'm just telling you they found joy in the midst of their suffering and joy in the midst of their suffering opened the prison doors it was it was it was the worship in the middle of their suffering that brought deliverance and salvation to the Philippian jailer Today's attitude seems to be that Jesus did all of the suffering so we might have a life of ease and comfort. The Spirit hinders, this Spirit hinders revival in the church. He died that our soul might prosper. Hello? I know it got really quiet. This is maybe not my normal way of preaching. Maybe, maybe you were expecting something else tonight. 
And maybe you think that I'm going to tell you, just say hallelujah and they will come. And I'm sorry, it really doesn't work that way. It takes the suffering. I'm sorry, Jared, when you were three or four years old and you said, no, no suffering for me. Hello, Jared, I'm sorry. Now I'm riding in the car with him the other day, weeping as he tells me of his little girl and the church and the things they've suffered as a church and the pain that's happened and the people that have come and then gone away and the people that have, oh, I'm just sorry. I just wept with him as I heard of the sorrow and the pain. But on Sunday, he got back up and began to talk about growth and how God's going to add to the church and people are going to come. And you know why I believe it? Because he is standing in the face of suffering and still saying, Jesus is the answer. Yes, 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 yes. We are blessed here at, at this living hope. We're blessed. Incredible music and, and talent. Incredible. Incredible. And I'm not, I'm, I have no but to add to that. I have no contingencies to add to that. It's just true. Great talent, great talent, great abilities. And I believe great spirited people. But we'll know. Because what I'm telling you is not, not my choice. It's not my will. If my will had my will, we'll just buy souls. We'll just we'll collect money and buy souls. But, but it don't work that way. You'll have to buy souls with the giving of yourself. The giving. I cannot do that for you. I can preach to you, and I truly believe that the salvation of many is on the horizon. I believe they're going to come and they're going to make their ways down the road. They're going to be lined up to be baptized in the name of Jesus. They're coming because the world out there has nothing to offer them. Drug addiction is killing them. And they're going to come. But in order for us to be ready to have the capacity for them to be saved... It's not a physical thing. It's not, I get to tell you how it's done. I mean, I can tell you that it takes, yes, the truth, baptism, and infilling of the Spirit, but I cannot, I don't give that thing. I, I've been places where it's like everybody thinks they can give it. If I shake you hard enough, you'll get it. And I'm sorry, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. And if it did, it wouldn't save anybody. It wouldn't change a single life. We don't need something that some man can give us. We need what only God can give us. And so we come. I'm going to come. I got two or three more pages of notes, but I'm not going to go to them. I'm going to stop here. I'm just going to say somehow, ask the Holy Ghost, to bring to what I've said to you tonight as a seriousness that, that I'm, I want to be like Jesus. Even though I know it's going to cost me. It's going to cost you. I can't tell you what's going to bring the suffering to your life. I couldn't tell you. Could it be disease? I don't know. Could it be a car wreck? I don't know. Could it be, hello? Could it be people criticizing you and Hello, turning away from you. Could it could be could be all of those and more. Could be a war that we have never seen on the shores of America. 
Could be, could be. What I do know, it will come. Whatever it is, it's going to come to turn the hearts of God's people to God. It's going to turn the hearts of God's people to God. I'm not threatening you. I'm not trying to hang some cloud over your head tonight. I'm telling you God's purpose in it. God's purpose in it is to make you more like Jesus. That's what Romans 28, 28 and 29 is about. Yes, you're going to go through stuff. You want to be like Jesus? You're going to go through stuff. Yes, yes, you are. And none of us have the power to look through these eyes into the future and say this is what it's going to be. What we must say is now, now you must decide. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to live for Jesus. No matter what sorrow, no matter what pain, no matter who turns against me, no matter who walks away, I made up my mind. I'm going on with Jesus. Everybody, you may point at my past failures. If you don't know them, somebody probably does. I've had my share of them. I've made my mistakes. I've committed sins. Oh, yes, maybe they're not the ones they used to be. Not drinking anymore. Not smoking any pot anymore. Not doing any crack or cocaine. No, no acid no more, no more, no more, no. But it could be that I missed telling somebody about Jesus when I should have. It may be that I should have been more sensitive to the Spirit of God and doing the work of God. I'm trying to preach it hard. I really am. I'm trying to make you feel convicted. I'm trying to make you feel that your time is not over. You're still breathing. You're still, hello? You're still breathing tonight? You still got your heart pumping? Hello? Then I pray that the Spirit of God will be the one who brings conviction to our hearts as we we come to a close. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to ask if there are people here, to the best you can do, I realize the Bible said no man knows his own heart. I know you think you do. We oftentimes think we do, but we don't. The Bible says the man's heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, and who can only God knows. But I'm going to ask you according to the best of your ability. Yes, I'm going to ask you to make a decision tonight. I'm going to ask you to walk down to the front here a personal encounter with Jesus and say, tell him, tell him, look him in the eye and tell him, I want to be like you, Jesus. No matter what the sorrow, no matter what the pain, no matter what the suffering is, no matter what comes my way, I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you. And I'm just asking you to come and stand at this altar and you tell him, you look him in the eye and tell him, Jesus, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. Make me more like you. Can you say that knowing what I just told you? Can you say to him, make, make me more like you. Make me more like you. That's it. Just come on. Just come on. Just come on. Everyone who's willing to be enlisted, the world is going to need us in a few days. The world is going to need us. You understand that? The world is going to need you. It could be just a few days. It could be tomorrow. We don't know. It could be your neighbor. It could be your community. It could be your country. 
I'm just asking you to come. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Like Lift your face like you're talking Jesus straight in the eye and tell him, I, I want to become more like you. Make me, make me more like you. That's it. Go ahead and sing. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Take Jesus. my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Lord, I pray for great grace. Great grace to come up on this body. In our humanity, we're not good at dealing with suffering. In our humanity, we're not good at dealing with trouble and tribulation and disappointment. So I ask you for a baptism of grace upon these who have dared to look you in the face tonight and say, I want to be like you, Jesus. I pray for great grace to come upon this body right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Grace, grace, oh God. More grace. More grace. More grace. More grace. Yes, Lord. Give us ears to hear your voice. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That's it. Tell him. Tell him. If you can use anything, I'm telling you, the harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. That's it. Prepare us. Prepare us, oh God, in ways we don't understand, in things we can't even comprehend. Let the Holy Ghost come upon us. Touch my heart. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. That's it, yes, yes, that's it, tell him, James, that's it, tell him, tell him. Just tell it to him, Sherry, tell it to him. He's brought you into the church for this end time. That's it, Corey. That's it, Brother Paul. Brother Jerel, oh, come on. Yes, yes, Brother Barry. Yes, 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 yes. That's it, Brother Brent. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Come on, Brother Tim. Come on, come on. Come on, Brother Junior. That's it. We got to bind together. We're being called to a very special time to go through things that we cannot imagine. Yes, yes, yes. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak to me. That's it. Just raise your hands all across this front and tell him. Look him in the face. I mean, your eyes can be closed, but look at Jesus. I want to be like you, Jesus. You can use anything, 
Go ahead, brothers and sisters. Go ahead, speak with other tongues. Pray in the Spirit. That's what a further verse in Romans 8. There, there are times we do not know how to pray as we ought. And we need the Holy Ghost to make intercession for us because we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what we're going to face. Jesus, Jesus. Ataliando Shandalabai. Koroto me kaye. Use anything, Lord. You can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That's it. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak to me. I feel all across the, the front of this building, there are people feeling, feeling the call. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. I'm not my own. I want you to say that out loud to Jesus. I'm not my own. Tell him, I'm not my own. I don't belong to me. I belong to you, Jesus. Can you tell him that? I belong to you, Jesus. I belong to you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Listen, just before we close, I, I want to say something. Go ahead. You're praying for somebody. It's okay. Uh, we, we raised our children to come to the altar and to pray. They weren't perfect people. Many, many, many times they would come and pray. I remember watching them at altars, weeping and praying, I want to be used to God. I want to be used to God. And we're blessed that they all are. But I'm telling you, you don't get to put in your list on how. You don't get to say, God, how about making them something great? Or how about trouble-free? And the things that you think, it may not be. I'm watching, I know I'm picking on this, but I'm watching my son.
go through this great heartache. This, this great, I just weep for him. A great heartache. Disappointments. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you.